Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Timons Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shaq. Oh, we got something good cooking right here. Adam Rank seated to my immediate right. In fact, how are we? I'm doing well. Yeah, what's I say we jump into this. Let's get into it. Sitting here in Studio 66 to start the show. Star of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He just flew in, literally got off the plane maybe 20 minutes ago, straight into Studio 66. Priorities are priorities after all. It's Gerald McCoy. What's the poop, fella? No poop. Oh, man. Wait a second. <laughs> no Wait poop. a second. This is what this is the energy you bring? No poop. Just Cristal, baby. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, like we like to do at the start of each interaction here in Studio 66, we comment on the outfits that uh, people wear in here. You've got turquoise Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, big logo on your uh, turquoise T-shirt. What's on your hat? It's a black hat with uh, what looks like an astronaut on it? Something like it. Yeah, something like that. I don't know what that. And then you got a bed, and you got something. Uh, you're really decked out with the. You're bejeweled around your neck uh, and your wrist and your watch. Wow, mm-hmm. fancy man, huh? Not really. Not really. Just me. This Just is me, nothing fancy. Well, I mean, I mean every day. You're well. It looks fancy to me. Yeah. That's a, it's very it's impressive stuff. Now you and the, the shoes match too. I like the extra oh, yeah. the extra attention to detail. Yeah. Boy, Warren Sapp is going to – you're going to meet up with Warren Sapp in a little bit, the the hero of heroes there in Tampa Bay. Is he the biggest star? Who's the biggest Tampa Bay Buccaneer star of all time? Um, Leroy Selvin. Is that right? That's yeah, pretty – I'm happy to hear that, as a matter of fact, because yeah. most kids don't care about anything that happened before 1993, basically. Leroy That's Selvin. nice that they remember him. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, all right. So, what's it like now for you as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? You go from the Shiano era, which is all you've known, right? You never played for anyone other than Shiano, or did you? Yeah, the I year before. Raheem. Oh, you were with Raheem. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 
oh man, see, I I feel like you've been around for two years, but nah. really it's been four now. Yeah, that was a while ago yeah, you got yeah, drafted man. in there. Yeah. Um, for a little bit. So all right, and now and now you go to Lovey. How's that mm-hmm. going so far? Oh, it was pretty good, man. We met up a couple of times, sat down, kind of talked about what to expect, um, his vision. And um, what is that? Tell me what it is. It's change. change. Change? Yeah. It's going to be a different type of mindset, a different uh, um, a different type of reality. In what, in what way? Because I hear that he's – the way I've, he's always been presented to us, like, Raheem was player's coach. Yeah. Then Shiano – Anything but, supposedly. Tough guy, you know, not a player's coach. Now back to Lovey Smith. But change, I mean, you, you make it sound like, uh, you know, uh, something, you know, some uh, looming kind of answer nervousness. Me, answer me this. Yes. Has Tampa been known to be a dominant team in the past five years? They have not. They have not. My point exactly. I see. Change. So Please. when they make the change, though, Shiano gets fired. Were you kind of hoping that Lovey Smith, because Lovey Smith had kind of been rumored anyways, were you kind mm-hmm. of watching it and hoping that that was going to be the guy who was coming in? Uh, yeah. I mean, when I seen that he was the leading candidate, you know, I was I was pretty excited, hoping we would get him. Um, then once we landed him, uh, you know, I was really excited because uh, I knew him prior to being a uh, head coach, and um, he's a great guy, really good guy, and, um, you know, I as far as being a coach, I hear nothing but great things about him. And uh, that's from uh, people who play for him or people who's coached next to him. Or people – that's even come from people who haven't played for him, you know, just uh, coming into contact with him. And uh, so you hear nothing but great things about this guy, so I was excited. Well, you know, it it, it occurs to me that you guys – and, in fact, I'm going to name drop, and the reason I'm going to do it is because I like to name drop because it makes, it makes me seem better by, you know, sure. by, by the association. Of course. Derek Brooks, you know him. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's getting he his gold jacket right after your pal Sap got right. his a year ago. So I, I'm talking to Derek Brooks at the Super Bowl about these Buccaneers, and, and, and we're kibitzing, and he said, let me tell you, 1 through 25, that team's loaded. The problem is depth, which lends itself to what I've said for a little while now, which is more than this elite QB nonsense or like yeah. running QB versus in the pile, all the different things. The most important thing you can have in the NFL, depth. True or false? True. True. Who just won the Super Bowl? That's right. The deepest team. The deepest team. And who did they beat in the NFC title game? The second deepest team, exactly. the 49ers. It's no coincidence exactly. that those I mean, teams were... These teams, uh, you know, Richard Sherman said uh, the real Super Bowl was uh, Seahawks versus the 49ers. Um, It just so happened both of those teams are in the NFC. Mm -hmm. But if you look at those teams, even my wife noticed it, and she don't know much about football. She was like, you know, baby, I think this game is going to be better than the Super Bowl just because she recognized – you know, what the 49ers had and what the Seahawks had. And, I mean, they could rotate all game, you know. And you got mm-hmm. uh, people like my buddy Michael Bennett, who's not even a starter, but he rotates in, and he's probably the best pass rusher they have. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's just depth is definitely key if you're going to win the championship. Well, and he's Michael, pa- yeah. Michael X, he, was, he sat in the chair that you're sitting in one week ago. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah, just about a, about week, a week ago, ago. he sat with us, and we talked about the fact that his brother's named Martellus, and his is Michael. It's a big range by his parents mm-hmm. in naming the kids. Like, you know, you think you would go all in on all names. but are Mar- both MBs. 
Yeah, I guess, but I mean, Martellus is not, you know, is quite a, uh, a quite a bit wackier than Michael. You got to admit, right? Yeah, it's different, but yeah. hey. So he changed it. He changed it to X now, and that'll look cool on the back of his jersey in 2014. So he's Michael X? Well, that's what, I mean, we're playing with it right now. Okay. We're, we're, we're working it out. It's right in now. the developmental stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see where it goes. But listen, back to these Buccaneers. What do you think about, because, of course, you guys really played better football in the second half of the season, and that's after Doug Martin goes down. Now you have Vincent Jackson, who's dynamite. Mike Williams is a legit number two. Yes. The defense, to me, looks like... It's really rounding into shape, and that was with the first half of the season with arguably the best cornerback, uh, Darrell Revis, not playing his best. So what it, what's it, what's it going to take then for your Buccaneers in 2014? Because that's a brutal division, if you haven't noticed. Saints, Falcons coming back from a down year. I don't know if they'll come all the way back. And then, and then uh, the Panthers are on the rise. So what's it going to take for the Buccaneers to be relevant in the South this year? Well, we're going to have to – outplay and outlast anybody we play against and uh you know uh, i did an interview a couple weeks ago where i talked about a track meet on defense um coach coach lovey he's talked about this track meet hmm. of sorts and if you talk to sap he'll tell you about that track meet it's 11 hats to the ball and uh sap likes to call it swarm and punish hmm. you know um and you're gonna run all day you're gonna play a couple snaps you're gonna get out and you're gonna rotate that's why Depth is so key on our team and, you know, uh, our, our GM and our new head coach are both doing, you know, awesome jobs right now trying to put together this roster so we can rotate and everybody stays fresh and you never have to worry about guys running to the ball. Well, Sapp also says, uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna quote him back and forth, which I'm happy to do because he's a, he's a wealth of information about NFL defenses, and he will say that there is no faster adjusting organism on the face of the earth than an NFL defense. Now, the last couple of years, it's been all about all oh, the quarterbacks who can run around and Peyton Manning who stands in the pocket and throws 55 touchdown passes. You know, even mediocre QBs are putting up mon- uh, you know uh, monstrous numbers these days. In 2014, inspired by in the copycat league, the Seahawks winning it with their defense and the Niners dominating defensively and so on, is the pendulum going to swing back to the defense at some point? It has to. It has to? It doesn't have to. It has to. Yeah? It has to. How do you win championships? Well, I don't know. I, I, listen, I, what I, what I di- do say, I, don't think, I think what we have exposed is because Russell Wilson, who's very good, Eli Manning, who's good. Joe Flacco, who's okay. Those name are your last the, three Super Bowl la- champs. Yeah, okay. Now, name the last three defenses that won the Super Bowl. I'm with the you. The Seahawks. Right. And then you had the pay, uh, I mean, uh, Baltimore. Yep. Who won before that? And the Giants. The with Giants. Their pass rush. And what was everybody talking about? Yep. The so, pass rush. And the rotation of the pass rush. You see rush. what I'm saying? I, listen, you're it's preaching not, to the choir. I agree with Everybody this. keeps talking about the quarterbacks and these dynamic offenses. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen one better than the offense we just seen with the Broncos. Yep. But when you have a defense that's just as dominant, it's always going to take over. Always. It doesn't matter. I think Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback ever. You I do. think so, Why personally. Do you, don't you, just wait, say that. You watched, you watched the Super Bowl, right? I think so. I Back did. it up. I did. Back it up. Well, how's he better than Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger? Because he is. Well, I mean, listen. He don't have five MVPs for no reason. I agree, because he's terrific in the regular season. But I wouldn't put him number one. He's limited. I feel like it's sort of like an iPhone 2 
have it, you know, if you have Peyton Manning, it's neat. It's better than having one of those 1991 huge, you know, beige mm-hmm. cell phones that, you know, like is bigger than a briefcase. Right. But it's also not as good as having the most recent iPhone. You know, so, what so Colin Kaepernick is a is a new iPhone. So answer Peyton me Manning's. this: not getting not getting off subject. Answer me this, and we'll get take back us to off the, subject we'll, if we'll, you want, and we'll get back to the defense. If Peyton Manning is to win another championship, does that change everybody's perspective? Yes, a little bit. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Of course. That's a, listen. I understand the sample size. I have this argument with my friend all the time. He says Eli is the best Manning in the family. Ah, uh, I'm like, I don't know if I'd go that. That's far. A because reach. he won the two championships. Okay, what is everybody's argument about Peyton that he hasn't won these championships? Yeah, that's right. Well, and also because I feel like. Dig McCoy, if you get to the playoffs, people right. aren't going to be like, well, listen, it can be a spare part who carries mm-hmm. the Buccaneers through the playoffs. No, no, they're going to look at you. Because why? Because if the Buccaneers are to go deep and have a big season, double-digit win regular season, just, you're going to have a big role need, in that. You, you can't then need, wilt you, in the biggest moment. You do need a quarterback. You do. I, I will not take that away from anybody. But – Let's take the Buccaneers of 2002, for instance. Was Brad Johnson that dominant? No. Or did the defense win it, that Super Bowl? No, I think what it uh, what it goes to is you're right. That's Well, but, you know, again. Has he had that dominant defense to help him get there? But listen. I mean, to help him win it? This ain't, the, this ain't Major League Baseball where you can just spend as much money as you want. There's a salary cap. And when you take up. 20% of the salary cap, one guy sal- does, you have sal- to outperform the, the guys sal- that are making the, the minimum. The salary cap is great, but my question was, has he had that defense? Can't have it all. You be- if if you're on a team where your some- QB makes $20 million a year, then there's going to be a deficiency somewhere else out there. There were some good Colts defenses, guys with Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney and Bob Sanders. They had good defenses during his reign with the Colts. And, of course, you know, the last – half of the season right. here in Denver, his defense started to fall apart a little bit, but uh-huh. he looked overmatched in that Super Bowl. When he got in the Super Bowl, he didn't look – I don't know what he looked like. He didn't <laughs> look like Peyton at all. I will give you that. He didn't look like Peyton at all. But point is, I think we can all agree on, is that you won't win it without a defense. You can't. You can't. You can't. If your defense can't stop the, the people from scoring – how do you win games? You have to have more points than the other team. If you can't – if you can stop this team from scoring, I can get a safety and win the game. Mm-hmm. I can kick a field goal and win the game. You see what I'm saying? So, But the Packers team that won four years ago didn't have necessarily a great defense. Yeah, a lot of great players, though. True, but, defense. I mean, that was – I feel that that was Aaron Rodgers. I think if they had – I think if the Broncos had Von Miller, they would have won the Super Bowl. Or but Chris they Harris. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that Chris Harris takes away a lot. And Von Miller, I mean, you just have to account for him on every snap. All right. I want to talk about a lot of different things. I don't want to get bogged down with this, but it is interesting to even debate Gerald McCoy on the Peyton Manning status as the uh, perceived number one QB in all of football. Not just now, but a lot of – see, to me, give me Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is Aaron better. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. If you take him away from Bill Belichick, I don't know if he's the same quarterback. Ah, but is Bill Belichick the same without Tom Brady? Yes. You think so, huh? They went 10-6 and six without Tom Brady. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good, not a bad point. I think if Tom Brady retired right now and Ryan Mallett stepped in, I bet you that team would be good. 
Because I think uh, he's got to win. I've watched Ryan Mallett practice. Uh-huh. We practice against him the past couple of years. Ryan Mallett's going to be special. Whoever I agree he plays for. with that. Why are people out falling he's, all he's over a, themselves to a, get him? He's a Tom Brady in the making. And I love, I really love Tom Brady. I've watched this guy prepare and practice over uh-huh. the past couple of years. And my respect for that guy has went to an all-time high because I've watched. It's easy to watch a person in the game. But when you see how a person prepares throughout the week or in the off season, I haven't seen him in the off season, but I do watch the way he prepares in practice and his focus in practice and how it's not a joke to him. He's not talking in between plays, and when he's in, he's in, and he's he's zoned in, he's locked in. Um, so regardless of what system he's in, he's still Tom Brady. You know whether it's whether you take him away from Belichick now, he's with Belichick, so accept it. And where he's at now, that guy's. He's awesome. I like to see. I like playing what if because I don't get to play the real game, you see. So this is all I'm left to do is to play these little parlor games like this. But what about so you touched on something Belichick's way. These 80 these uh, I'm sorry, these 21st century Patriots are very sort of uh, closed off. You know, hey, don't Mm -hmm. go out in the media. Don't say anything. Don't give them anything to use. No bulletin board, all that kind of stuff. Then along come the Seahawks. And are you an NBA fan? Yes. All right, so you got so so in the NBA, Kobe Bryant has established this thing. Kobe Bryant's the greatest, not of all time, but he is. He's very good. He's my favorite player. Is that right? Yes, he is. Oh my, McCoy and I—I I don't think it's going to come to blows, but you and I don't agree on. Not that I'm on, with him on this one. You agree about Kobe? Oh yeah. You think he's better than Magic Johnson? It's yeah. Hard to... Better than Magic? Yeah. Wow, bold. All right, well, listen, here's what Kobe does, though. Kobe has established this thing now where it's like, hey, you don't smile on my team. This is serious business, and you got to, you know, it's all all that, uh, you know, military hyperbole about, you know, like, uh, you know, about uh, we got to kill them before they kill us and all that kind of stuff. It's super intense. And then along come the Seahawks with the smiling and the goofing around and the distinct personalities and... You know what? So the Heat were the, are the same way. And so, too, are the Chicago Blackhawks. And so, too, are the Boston Red Sox with their beards and everything. I feel that this is has opened the door now to everything doesn't have to be so serious. And, you know, gentlemen, we're going into war this week. I don't think you have to be so serious. I don't think you have to be until you step across those white lines. Mm-hmm. When you step across those white lines or onto that ice – or, you know, up to bat or whatever, then that's when there's no there's no games, no joking. Um, but even at that point we step when I step across the white lines, I turn into a different person, but I'm having fun doing it. Hmm. And I think the teams who have the most fun under control are the best teams. What do you think of uh, Richard Sherman? All the hull- Not so much Richard Sherman, but the hullabaloo about it. Yeah. And do you ever engage I mean, in any of that stuff on no, the field? No, not really. I mean, you got to let people be who they are. Yes. You I know, I'm, I, I don't do a lot of – I don't do any talking, period. You know, I just – if people talk noise to me, I just – okay. And I, I just keep playing. Richard Sherman is who he is. But I always look at it like this. Not comparing Richard Sherman to these guys, but, I mean, kind of an example – Take a Muhammad Ali, a uh, Floyd Mayweather, a uh, who else? Well, Ali. Uh, uh, Warren Sapp. Yeah, that's a good one, too. A, uh, the Rock. Don't start with that nonsense. Oh, uh, Jerry we're Rice. Ha- we're, having <laughs> a, we're having an adult conversation, you and you from? bring in this nonsense. You're not a fan of The Rock? 
Rock is uh, my favorite wrestler of all time. Oh, but, don't take us. Don't, don't do but, this. But we're not talking about that. Yeah, we're talking Man. about sports here. We're not talking about nonsense, right? He's athletic. Yeah, he was an athlete. I but know he it, was. His wins were set up. Anyway. He decided his his yes. career, and that's not what we're talking about. Okay. That nonsense. Jerry Rice. Yes. The Dion. Just naming off people in sports, period. When these people do a lot of talking, and these people are, uh, I don't want to use the word flamboyant, but these when these guys are just so outspoken and, and outgoing, people look at them like, why is he talking so much? Well, people, what do people want to see right now? Everybody wants to see Floyd Mayweather lose. I don't care if you're a That's fan right. of his or not. You're waiting for that day that he loses. I'm, I think Floyd Mayweather's the greatest pound for pound. Um, I don't want to see him lose. I would hate to see him lose, but I know so many people who want to just see this guy lose. You know, when Ali lost for the first time, I was like, he got what he deserved. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just when things happen to people, you just they just want to see it. However – is it not those guys who it makes the world go round? Or of makes course. sports go around? Now I'm not I don't I'm not a fan of what Richard Sherman does. You know, a lot of the talking, but that's me. That's mm-hmm. what I that's how I am. But from the outside looking in, he's exactly what sports need. Because who's the last person you seen like that? Ocho Cinco. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you seen anybody since Ocho Cinco that's this outspoken? Well, and then the real trick is, you you know, you can do it as long, the, the, to me when somebody who is a non-factor for most of the season, who's just sort exactly. of in the in the back. Everybody I named produced. Yeah, well, right, and that's neat when a guy who you don't expect to do it does it, and that's a great underdog story. But to me, I'll tell you what I admire is first of all, if you put yourself in the spotlight, it, either with your play, you've carried your team all year. Or you flap your gums, or a combination of of the two things. Hey, everybody, look at me, and I'm going to do it, and I'll, I'll make myself the villain, or I'm the star of this team, and you perform when your team needs it the most, aka in the big game. That's the thing that I love about sports. I yeah. think it's easy to root for the underdog, but and it's more when all the pressure in the world's on you and, and you deliver. I had a question. Yes, it's been a debate. Did he take the shine from his team with his outbursts? He did for a week. I don't care what that. We've talked to a number of the Seahawks since. He he definitely did. I, I think it was inadvertent. I don't know I'm saying. Did he – he may have, but I'm mm-hmm. saying it was though – was that his intention? To talk about me and what I did. I don't think so because I don't think – because he immediately – why, why did he even – it was right after it happened, but why did he even bring it up? What did, what did she say to him? What happened on that? It's she weird. said what happened on that last play, right? Yeah. He talked about the last play. She asked him specifically what happened on that play. She didn't say how, you know, how What's does it, it feel in this game or how does it feel to go to the Super Bowl? What does it mean for your team to Well, when you try, you know, he didn't say that. She said, "So what happened on that last play?" And he he said what happened. Now, <laughs> did he not? He did. Did true. he not? This yeah. is true. He said exactly what happened on that play. Everybody blew it up like, oh, it's so bad. He took the shine from his team. No, he didn't because in the press conference he did, he talked about at the Super Bowl, he talked about all these different free agents they had. That's right. And all these group of guys that were quote-unquote nobodies came together as a group of men and won this championship. 
So he did always talk about his team. Now, when he's outspoken and stuff, he's just being himself. But I don't feel like after the game, he took the shine from his team. She asked him a specific question, and he just had an outburst about that one play. Here's the thing I'll say about it, though, is uh, to play devil's advocate. People, the excuse, well, he, it was right after the game. They caught him in a raw moment when he was really emotional. Well, listen, people have been down on the field asking the players questions right after the game for a couple yeah. decades. We've never seen anything like that before. Now, to his credit, it's, you know, people act that, you know, when people start talking thug and all that kind of stuff, it's silly because, you know, he didn't swear. He didn't do anything. He just had swagger about him, and it did take the attention. I think if you ask Pete Carroll now after winning the Super Bowl, I think he would say, I'm glad that happened because it didn't put any pressure that mounts over the fortnight leading up to the big game. It, now it was all about Richard that Sherman. Guy, you didn't even hear much about Russell Wilson. All you heard about was Richard Sherman and Peyton Manning leading up to the game. Guy coming from what was he from Compton mm-hmm. yeah a guy coming from Compton with a 4.0 GPA going into college graduates mm-hmm. from Stanford and is arguably the best at what he does in his profession not off the field issues doesn't cause problems in the community always doing great things in the community and because he shows emotion they're calling him a thug well, I listen, I disagree with that, and obviously I think we know exactly what they're saying, and Richard Sherman knows what they're saying as well. I mean, that's that's uh, wow. it's a backward society on yeah. many levels still. You can't show emotion anymore in sports. It's, Real, it's crazy. If it was a white guy, it would be a very different reaction. That's, that, that is, you know, I'm not race baiting or anything else. If a white guy does that, then it's, the, look at the fire he has in his belly. It just, <laughs> it, you know, it, it wouldn't be that. Peyton Manning told you guys his critics. Did, you guys didn't see his gesture. That's why that was funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did the fist bump yeah. with him. Yeah. Golly gee! All right, we, you're going to go be on TV. You're going to talk to Sap in just a second here. So, real quick, some some uh, machine gun questions for you. What do you think of the new uniforms? Dope, dope, dope. The, un- the new unis are fire. More man. pewter. I kind of like the pewter. At least it the belongs pewter, to you. Pewter, no one owns yeah, it. The pewter is a more vibrant red. Uh huh. And uh, it's it's awesome. Or do you feel sad though that Buccaneer Bruce isn't coming back? No, no. He's. I mean, I love very tra- fancy. I love tradition, but yeah, hey, Too I'm much. in the new era. You know what <laughs> I didn't like? The orange pants. That's where they lost their way. When, that's well before. But Sap wore those. The orange pants are too much. Oh yeah, there they are, right there, hanging on our wall here mm-hmm. in Studio Sixty Six. I've worn them. Yeah, oh, you did. Huh? Throwback, throwback game. game. Ugly, ugly. I don't like those unis. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people like them. I mean, it's tradition. People love them. We wear them. I don't like them. It's you couldn't of, wear those. You couldn't wear those. But like, they're very regionally specific. Is yeah. why they're okay. Well, it's fun when you're playing Madden or something, and you kind of switch to those uniforms. I don't even but like them you, on the game. But if you had to see them weekend, and especially weekend week out, I feel most people who enjoy the throwback weekend would say, uh, over the course of a season, like this is too much. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how the fans are gonna feel about me saying I didn't like the throwbacks, but. I love, All right, I love fine. my fans. No, I'm with you. Team. I like I just, this. This is more grown up. The I colors would, yeah. And you won a Super Bowl in those. You don't change yeah. your colors uh, from the ones that you won a Super Bowl in. That's I mean, a, it's you're jinxing good, yourself. It's always good to remember tradition, but that's the whole point of change. When they changed the unis in '97, 
that was the whole point of it. It mm-hmm. was to bring about change. When you think about those uniforms and people complain, if they were to complain about me saying I didn't like them, if you really think about those uniforms and if you know your history of the Bucks, were the Bucks ever good in those uniforms? Just They're high watermark in those uniforms. They were, called the, they were called the yucks. Yeah. One, because they couldn't win, and two, because people didn't like the uniforms. Is When Tony Dungy hit the scene in 96 – he brought about change, and it all started with their game in San Diego where they went up to San Diego, mm-hmm. and I forget who it is that said they were going to lose. He called them the yucks on TV. Mm-hmm. Sapp and Brooks talked to the team, and boom, there was change brought about. 97 hit, new uniforms, and now the Bucks are a dominant football team. I In the red and pewter. Yeah, I agree Not with that. Not in the oh, white listen, and cream suit. You're so. preaching to the choir on this one. Face yeah. the congregation. We agree yeah. on yeah. some yeah. things, McCoy. Yeah. We disagree on others, but I like your way no well, matter what. I Allison, to... behind the glass, who's, who's handling uh, McCoy today, we need another half hour at least. We're, we're just starting to get into it now. It's time we can't... to go? I need only 45 It's time more to go? Minutes. What are you trying? Were you begging to leave, McCoy? You got somewhere better to be? No. Oh, you want to hang out? Yeah. See, Allison, he wants to stay. Please. Now, okay, real quick question for you, though, is about uh, Bob Stoops. Curious uh, if you wanted to see him make it into the NFL. Well, I like him where he's at. You do? I like him where he's at. I like when I can go back and talk to my old coach, man. It's great. That's always great. I mean, your school – a school like Oklahoma has tradition regardless. I'm um, good friends with Barry Switzer and Coach Stoops, you know, but when I go back, I would like to see my coach. You know, if a new coach comes in, I'm going to respect him, of course, because he's coaching at my alma mater. But it's great to see him, you know, uh, in Oklahoma. And it seems from the Sugar Bowl, they're about to try and turn things around, get back to that. I thought Stoops that, was yeah, on. Yeah, that, right? that tradition and, you know, mm-hmm. the fear of when Oklahoma comes into town. So, or you have to go to Norman. Strong know? finish for them, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I call it the jungle. And last thing is, who is, because we talked Brady, who's the most handsome uh, Hall of, uh, most handsome NFLer? Excuse me? Who's the most handsome guy in the NFL is what I asked you. Yeah, I refuse to answer that. What do you mean you refuse to answer that? Yeah. Tom Brady is the correct answer, or is it Cam Newton? Allison, which, which, which who is it there? Go ahead. Let's let her uh, weigh in on this one. Allison can say, I say it's Tom Brady beyond the sh- – all right, Allison she agrees. She disagrees. I don't understand that. So you like Buccaneer Bruce. You think he looks nice with that fancy mustache and everything. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> all right, listen. McCoy, I find you positively delightful. I'd like to see you back here in Studio 66 sooner rather than later. And in the meantime, I want you to go and have a good time with your friend Warren Sapp. Sure thing. Talk all things Buccaneers. Figure it all out. Borrow his gold jacket. Wear it out on the town. He's another one of these Hall of Famers who doesn't wear the gold jacket. If you, when you get a gold jacket, when you get one, McCoy. Thank you. Make me this promise. You're going to wear it out. I don't mean to just the Hall of Fame thing. I mean on a Thursday night. You're going out to dinner. You and your wife. Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. Richard, yeah. D- Richard Dent wore his to a Prince concert. We're going That's out. That's awesome. Me yeah. and you, the Mrs. McCoy, we're going out on the town. We're going to trip the light fantastic. Let's show everybody who owns this town. It's me in my gold jacket yeah. and you yeah. on my arm. Yeah. How about that? She'll be very impressed. We're the, we're the fans that keep it going really on the town, but we'll take it for that I night. Like I, that. For that night, I'll try and own it. All yeah. right, listen. Gerald McCoy, I want you to go get him in 2014. I feel like there's some excitement brewing now in Tampa Bay. Yes. I think there's some positive vibes coming out of there. I want to see it now that I've met you. I'm going to root for you. Thank you. And you know what? I keep telling all the guys, 
get to practice and everything, get in the weight room and all that jazz. So figure April 1. Until then, this is Gerald McCoy time, all right? Question. Yes. <laughs> I want you to just have fun. Go out to dinner, Question. whatever you want, miniature golf, whatever. I have to, I have to go, but answer all me right. this. Who's better than Kobe? Who? Currently? LeBron James, easily. LeBron okay. James is going to go down as the best of all time. Don't you do that to me, McCoy. McCoy dropped the mic and walked off. Goodbye, everybody. I don't know what's happening here, Rank. I, Allison, stop him. Armbar the door. I won't hear this. He's locking himself in. I don't want we, this. Th- we can only lock ourselves in from inside. McCoy dropped the mic on us, Rank. I don't like that deed. Look at him go. He's running out the door. You and your nonsense His aqua LeBron. Blue. That's nonsense that LeBron James is better than Kobe Bryant? Did you not see LeBron James in the NBA Finals? Oh, Oh, sure. Once he got with Dwayne Wade and all those other guys around there. But what did he do with Cleveland? I don't know, but I just got – I don't know what just happened here. Gerald McCoy, uh, he figuratively slapped me across the face and then stormed off. There he goes. You deserved it. Well, LeBron James is better. You know What happened here? That was great. That was an that. assault. That might that might have been one of the best walk-offs in DDFP history. <laughs> one of? How many have we even had? Walk-offs? It was at least the third best. He just walked off on me. It was great. You, th- you agree it. with that? You think Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James? Oh, yeah. You do not. Like right now with him with an Achilles injury? No. No. You know what I'm asking. In their prime, Don't be a no. child. No, no, no. I'm asking you about in their respective primes. Oh, no. Kobe, Kobe is way better. Oh my I don't even know why. That I don't know where this ludicrous. is. I don't know where this is coming from with this LeBron because he's, business. Because he's a paler facsimile of Michael Jordan. I mean, I don't know that you can indict him for that, that his style and his, his physical being is very similar to the guy who is held up as the best player of all time. I don't know if that, you know, in a way, obviously, that is flattering to him. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, that he's not distinctive enough to separate from that and in, and. and you know, at the end of the day, he's not as good as Michael Jordan was. Right. But either way, it's a moot argument at this point because LeBron James is better than both of them. LeBron than James Jordan? is six foot eight, six foot nine. Okay. He, when he was eighteen years old, coming into the league, he was he was a he was the looked more like a man than ninety nine point nine percent of any yeah, NBA okay. player like, in history. It's like Magic entered the league when he was thirty. He was no, very no, no. young as well. Their body types are very different. Kobe's, I mean, uh, Magic's and LeBron's body types are very different because society was different at that point. No, that is you that know, is, go go into an like you could LeBron, probably, LeBron you could, James's body is owed to genetics. Genetics, not to the weight room. You think he got he, he was jacked like that at the age of sixteen because he was working overtime in the uh, with the uh, with the curls? Come yeah. on, no, that's yeah, no. Weightlifting and, has become like a big part of the NBA. Like none of those guys looked like that in the sixties and seventies. I understand that. They I started I working out. I I get it's that. Different. I'm saying There's LeBron. Genetics. LeBron is the equivalent of Bo Jackson. Who was born into that body type? You think? So you think LeBron never used? Like you think he's all natural? Oh my goodness! Now you're to to try and make an argument. You're no, just going to take a cheap shot I'm like that. Che- I'm just asking you a question. Do you think he's all natural? Yes, I do think he's all natural. That's interesting. Why would he need? Why That's would he, interesting. What do you mean? What kind of weird. Do you think conspiracy like, theory? I'm is not this? even. A, it's not even a conspiracy theory. You don't naturally assume that every I, uh, every athlete. I go the other way now. In the I'm NBA? Like, you know what? Know. Because cause baseball writers in the 90s turned a blind eye and just assumed, 
I now go the other way. I just assume everybody's dirty until they prove they're clean. Is that wrong? No, I mean I like to think of the world as I, you know, one of my uh, one of my closer chums throughout life is uh, is Reggie in Chicago, and I've mm-hmm. always fa- found that he and I have a hundred and eighty degree different sort of view of our fellow human beings. Mm-hmm. He expects nothing from people, and then always, but people always think he's the good guy. You know, when he and I would run together in Chicago, when we, you know, hit the bars and so on and so right. forth, people always liked him. They always thought, oh, what a cool guy he is. Reggie's such a cool guy. Why? Because he would talk, because if he would find a kernel of value in you, then he would latch onto that. Like, I didn't expect anything of you, right. person that we've met, but you've proven to have something interesting to say on one passing subject. Ergo, you're worthwhile, and those people would feed into that and be like, oh, look at that, how cool. Whereas right. I go through life assuming everyone's better than I am, and they have no use in talking to me, and then they, go, then they proceed to d- disappoint me right. in conversation. Ah, oh, you're, uh, you're not that cool. Ah, oh, you're not that, uh, you're not whatever. And then you keep lowering in my estimation, and I'm somehow the jerk. But I'm the one who walked into it with high hopes for you. Right. I'm the one who's glass half full. You're the one who broke my glass. You understand? Gotcha. I don't know how we got into all that. Let's say hello to the guy behind the glass now that Allison has taken her new friend, Gerald McCoy, out. Uh, and he's sitting in black tie for once, not on vacation, uh, uh, not on vacation, our usual producer there behind the glass. It is uh, instead the usual producer known as the gold standard when he is the produce when he's producing the around the league podcast here rank what do we call him the gold tie gold tie yeah gold tie that. that's a little bar mitzvah but i'll yeah. take it yeah I like that bar mitzvah yeah. are you a bar mitzvah i am yeah is that right do you Proud remember of any it. of your haftorah oh uh, no it's pr- it's pretty shoddy really yeah. i remember how mine started i remember the airbrush t-shirts though those were great. Really? Yeah. Mine, yeah, the, yeah so you had a after? Had a, had a little party, some finger food, airbrush t-shirts. My Yeah, my theme was soccer. I'm sorry to disappoint. Was it? Yeah. That's funny. I that like was, it. mine was, uh, mine was really cool. It was, uh, it was college football. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, and, and every table, you know, when you go to a wedding or any sort of get together, any sort of semi-formal event, you get the, uh, the little table cards. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Of course. But instead, when you went to my bar mitzvah party, you didn't get a card that said on a table two, three, whatever. Instead, it was a college football team. Oh, and then you fun. went there, and every table had the colors of Was it of like a team. Brandeis, though? Or was it actual? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, okay, name one more, and then maybe there would have, we'd yeah. have legs for that. Uh, that's, that's all we got. <laughs> what were the college teams? They were all the relevant teams of the, uh, of the mid-'80s. So was Cal State Fullerton one of them? <laughs> no, they weren't. The was- Division One National Championship of 1984, Cal State Fullerton Titans were not I said college relevant. football. College football. They were the national champions in 84. I don't know of what division again. What was that, two? D1. I don't Division know. One. They were – okay, listen. They were, they were no 12 and, They were 12-0. Against uh, division in Division One, they won all their games. Terrific, won their bowl game. What more they were can you defi- do? They were definitely one of the fifty-seven or so best teams in college football that year. I have no doubt about that. Whatever. No, I think they was. were top twenty. Nineteen eighty-four was the year that Doug Flutie had his Heisman year. That's when he threw the touchdown pass at the end of the game. This is this is really when college football was grand. This is when my, when Warren Sapp's Miami Hurricanes are rising up and becoming a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a, an interesting um, crossroads for college football because you still had 
Penn State and Oklahoma performing in dominant fashion as they always had. But then here came those Florida schools and really changed uh, college football until uh, up to present day. All right, listen, gold tie. How long do we go there with uh, with our with our new? Po- well, I don't know. After that walk off, I don't want to call him my new friend. Yeah. Is yeah, he a friend? I don't even know if I can call him a friend. We, we, went, no. we went quite a while. He was here for about half an hour. About a half hour. I mean, listen, he started out like he was reluctant to share with us. Yeah. But then he started to open up. No, it really opened up. Then he started to ask us questions. You should have led with the Kobe thing. Yeah, the Kobe thing really got him. Like, we spent all this. Like that well, then was... we would have had him for 90 seconds. <laughs> And if that's the way his if that's his attitude, that's how he conducts himself. Then so be it. Then he, he then he can show himself the door. He had to go do television. You know what? You would you don't would make walk excuses. Out as well. Don't make excuses for that kind of behavior, Rank. I don't like it unless it's me doing it. Right. If I yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. There are different rules. People say you're a hypocrite. Yeah, you're right. I am. That's exactly right. Thank See, you. This is where this is where that's I, how you understand. This is how I automatically assume the worst. I I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I live in reality. I don't Wait, hold you, myself you don't to the same. Yes, I do. You said just not even four minutes ago that you hold everybody to a higher standard and are disappointed when they don't achieve that lofty standard you had set for them. That's my reality. That's exactly That's not right. Reality. Welcome start, to my world. W- s- welcome to my dark view of, of uh, this thing called life. I like your pal Richie. Can we get him in here? <laughs> Is that him? What was his name? Which one? Richie? The one you're just talking about. Uh, Reggie? To, Reggie. Yeah, you'll love him. Listen, Reggie and I, I Mr. think we'd get along. He's Mr. Charisma. Oh, yeah, you'll love him. Oh, everybody enjoys him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll latch on to you. He'll, he'll walk in here. He'll barely make eye contact with you. Right. You'll feel small. I love that. Yeah, no, you'll no. feel small. Then you'll then 45 minutes to an hour and a half later, maybe you'll say something that he deems interesting, and then okay. all of a sudden you'll be fast friends. Would that Cal State Fullerton nugget have done it, or would I have had to keep working? Probably had to keep going. Mm, yeah. Uh, Gold Tide, do you have anything you want to talk to us about? Because we we like to do a little segment here called, uh, because it's funny, you're the gold standard, and I feel like the DDFP is the gold standard of podcasts at NFL Media, is that we do a little segment on our show called The Blacklist. It seems like your real name is Zach, so you're the gold standard, you're the black... You're the you're the gold tie, but your real name is Zach. Do you want to do the Zach list, which w- is you ask us anything about anything football related, any current events, and uh, and Rank and I will give you uh, give you our thoughts on. I'd it. love to. Do. Let's you do can it. you can All veer right. out of football too, as you just witnessed. As a matter of fact, I encourage that. I was yeah. talking baseball today. I was wow. talking some baseball this morning. Okay, I want you to stop that. We talked uh, we talked uh, small wonder. Before we started the Small show, wonder. the great uh, syndicated we, sitcom. I'm telling you, like if we had like DVD extras with yeah. the conversations that go on before Black Tie gets around to actually hitting start, yeah, that would be the gold standard. Well, listen. Sorry, no offense. I mean, Small Wonder. That's no, okay. I grew up with Small Wonder. It was uh, it's left an impression. Small Wonder is the sitcom, right? Where the, it's the little girl. It's the pre prepubescent uh, robot girl, <laughs> and I don't think you know. And she has an older brother. And yet, I you know I don't know how long the show ran. I'm guessing they probably two calendar years of of production on this show, which is good because if they would have gotten in the third year, the girl would physically the actress would have grown. And then how do you justify that the robot is growing? <laughs> and what is the idea behind these robot parts are growing? Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and the other thing is too. I maybe I missed the in the pilot. Maybe it was explained. <laughs> 
But in the first episode, somewhere, they must have mentioned why it must be kept a secret from the suburbanites that live on either side of this family. The, the father is an inventor, mm-hmm. and he builds a robot girl. And yet it's not expl- – but they can't – shame the devil if this gets out. <laughs> we can't let anybody know we have a robot girl because she's integrated into society. Right. But to what end? Why would you not be allowed to tell? Not only should it not be a secret, if you're an inventor, if this is your trade, if this is how you make your moolah in life, you would think, hey, I fooled everybody into thinking that this robot is an actual human child. You would think, who? I mean, everybody, you know, Steve Jobs and company would have been all over him. <laughs> Whatever you want, right? Blank check. What, what do you want me to do for you? I don't care. Just start doing more of this stuff. It's, okay. I don't understand. What, would, the, what was the premise of that shit? It would be akin to inventing the electric car and be like, pretend it's on gas. Yeah. Pull up to the gas station and you're faking it <laughs> like, yeah. But what? How did they explain that a, this eight-year-old girl just showed up? Like the neighbors don't be like, hey, "Did you always have it?" Like I That's would miss that. Good question. Like if yeah. I if my neighbor started rolling around and they had an eight-year-old daughter, I was and I probably don't pay enough attention to detail to actually notice such things. But I think most people would, right? Uh, yeah, you would think that people. What about the school district? Nosy Nosenheimers are all over the place. What? How'd this happen? Well, where'd she come from? Explain, explain, are there explain. No, are there no school records? It comes up in every other uh, fresh uh, Prince of Bel Air, what he's right. doing out there. That's right there in the theme. It's right there in the theme song. What, like, got into trouble playing basketball, had to move out to the West Coast. I don't know what the song was. That was almost verbatim how the song went. I don't know. And listen, it doesn't make me square because I don't know Will Smith's uh, square rap about the. Uh, it his, does a little bit. It does not diminish my cool factor that I don't know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song. Well, that's assuming, yeah. That's like, there's not like a lot to go on. I mean, listen, that's like saying like, oh, if the, you, the if, Astros coolness factor is not going to be the fa- Yeah, listen, the fact of the matter is I'm not cool, but right. uh, but there you wouldn't be able to determine that based on my lack of knowledge already, on. Fresh I'd Prince. already assume that you didn't know the words to that song. <laughs> now, that's <laughs> some that's a different layer. All right. Gold, uh, gold tie. Lay it on us. You want to do a Zach list? Yeah, sure. Um, well, we got sort of into jobs territory. I kind of want to hear what you think about Facebook buying the messaging app. WhatsApp for sixteen billion dollars. I don't know what this have even you, have means. You heard of this? No, I don't know what any of your right, technology means. I don't get that. Uh, there's a there's an app that essentially just allows you to text for free um, across countries, you know, just worldwide. Facebook bought it yesterday for sixteen billion dollars, which I just think is is funny money. How do you feel about kind of this app craze? Do you have apps? What what apps do you use? Let's let's open this up. Yeah, well, let's open this up. What apps do you use? I don't know. See, I don't know. This is going to be unsatisfying. And do you this have Skype is be on your phone? I have it, but I don't know how to use it. Okay. So, I mean, yes, I do, is the answer to that. I just don't know how, don't to, know how to, to use Skype. make it work, though. Okay. I like Somebody, that you got to that point, though, where you put it on just to Well, just to have I, it I, everybody said how, how it was great and it re- revolutionizes conversation, you know, yeah. and so I got it, but then I didn't know how to, like, actually open it. To, sure, but that's to how you could go on and be on podcasts, like, abroad. Yeah, you go on like Overtime Ireland. We do it through Skype, and it's amazing because you go on, and I'm talking, you know, to people, and you know, like I said, across Another the land, across right. the across the pond, and I'm assuming it doesn't cost me anything. I haven't gotten the bill for that. I don't want to look down <laughs> and be like eighty bucks 
for Skype? I don't know uh, these you, can apps. You, can you listen to music on your phone? Like if I, I have, uh, I recently got the uh, Pandora on there, and it's and it's okay. neat. I like it. It's Big great. You can you. Just, Everybody's moved on to Spotify and other things, but okay, you're catching up. I don't well. Teach me about Spotify. No, no, no. I want you to enjoy Pandora. I do enjoy Pandora. I just put in bands that I like, and it pulls up uh, pulls up their music and others. I what would was, rather. What, okay, now when you when you picked your first uh, band to seed, what was your go to? The first one that you did, Pavement. Pavement. Yeah, and I and I got uh, I put Pavement in, and then it's funny. The thing that's interesting what, to me about them. What are some of the bands that splinter off? Of? That's what I was just going to say, is the leaps that they make. So they'll keep it pretty close to home, and it's funny that I'll be pleased with, oh, they it's because initially you feel like, oh, this Pandora gets me. Yeah. It, it really, Sometimes it really does, It's yeah. sort of like Her, the, the movie Her. <laughs> like, wow, this, this uh, little cell phone really understands what I'm about because it's not just giving me Steve Malkmus and company. It's not just giving me pavement music, but there's Built to Spill. There's Modest Mouse and so on. And so I'll get some of those. But then they get into Do some- you know these bands? Yeah, a little bit. I've, I've read about them, you know. Read about Legends. them? No, I'm just kidding. I grew up with pavement. They're great. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, oh, those are, are – do they now count as classic rock now? I think scarily, yes. But, yeah. Uh, I know G&R does. I know Gle- <laughs> G- Guns N' Roses comes on classic rock stations. Oh, absolutely. One day it's going to be like pre-internet rock, which is terrifying. Right, REM is also now considered classic rock. I well, like REM and those guys. But so, I yeah. couldn't even imagine. I can't. I don't even think I could mention REM will show up mm-hmm. on the pavement one periodically, and that's fine too. That kind of the. But then when they get into Lou Reed, mm-hmm. I feel like wow, I'm I like Lou Reed, but we're really getting far out away from pavement. What's yeah. the connection there? That is weird. That is uh. That that's I I don't even know how you get to that point where it goes oh yeah well how about Lou Reed here we go satellite of love starts playing you're like oh like it's not a song that you hate but you're like all right wasn't quite what I was looking for right is this yeah is this because the flavor I'm I'm eating pizza and you're putting ice cream on top of it it's weird it's yeah not that something... outrageous but it's sort of like but still that. yeah I because, like them both but... because my because my top uh, station is Red Hot Chili Peppers and you start getting some of the bands you would expect with Sublime pops up collective soul people like that and then all of a sudden frank sinatra starts playing and i'm not going to sit there and and thumbs down a frank sinatra song but it's not quite what i was looking for when i was listening to the chili peppers how what that doesn't make any sense i don't know you gotta show it tough love is what you have to do because otherwise it's just going to keep happening but i unlock you but i thumbs down it kind of thumbs down it sucks it's like sophie's choice sometimes but you gotta just cut it out let me ask you this if you have so that that breaks their will to yeah, keep exactly. doing it. Yeah, exactly. Because I, ra- I have a Rat Pack station. Well, that, if I thumbs down Lady is a Tramp, will that ban it from all the other stations, too, or just that particular one? I think it's just that one. Okay. I should hope so. I would Because I would hate to lose that one forever. For sure. Although, Sammy Davis Jr. does that song better than Sinatra. Um... Well, we could go on to this. We should do more music talk. Well, you know, in the off season, let's try to get into it a little bit more. I don't know what I know what you like rank in terms of music, but I don't know what our other regulars listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to to dig into that. I'm upset. What I should ask Gerald McCoy. The thing I've wanted to get into is here's my new idea for an off season little segment that we can do when we have visitors here. Mm-hmm. I want to ask them. 
because I love police sketch artists. You know, I love the idea right. of that you know how I how how I fancy Kevin Spacey being the subject in not one but two different movies. He's the subject of a police sketch artist in Seven and Usual Suspects. And as I've said before, if I were Kevin Spacey, the man, I would have those hanging side by side in my bathroom or something. Just I would, I would own those for sure. Both police sketches. I would like to see, as for instance, hey, Gerald McCoy, describe for us in, let's say, 60 seconds or so, describe for us one of your teammates. I don't know, Warren Sapp. What's no, it? you got to go Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon would be an be, interesting be one. one. Yeah, that'd be a good one. But anyway, describe for us what a blank looks like, and then give that audio to a real police sketch artist and see how close it, it looks like the, the guy. That's true. If you were going to cast a movie... And you were going to have a character of black tie. Who's the actor you would have play him? It's funny. I can't think of his name, but, you know, black tie floated the idea that Nick uh, Johnson in. Wait, Nick, Jake Johnson, Jake Johnson. That was me. First of all, that was me. That was you who said that. Jake Johnson plays you for sure. Jake Johnson, a new girl, said should play me in a movie. Yeah. And of course, I think it really I mean, he's gone from this earth. But I think that, you know streetcar era brando is really the captures my essence you know okay. my, my raw unhinged sexuality um but either way i would also go new girl the black guy in that would be perfect for black tie there's I, two uh, uh oh not uh not wayans right the guy who's been in the cast okay. since the beginning that guy's pretty good, good. Right? he yeah. kind of has a vague resemblance and yeah sometimes Dulé hill he has a, but then again, but that guy also seems like he has a big personality, which yeah, probably that's, that's gets why, away from black tie. That's where I feel that Dulé Hill could actually <laughs> rein it in a little bit and turn off his charisma and then be a good. The least <laughs> interesting man in the world. <laughs> hey, man. I don't know. I don't feel like it. No, I'm going to take a nap. Here's what you need to do. You need to do a shout out every show. Hey, man, it's tough. Those things don't grow on trees. And then he shouted out. How about got, you just do the guys who pick stuff off trees then? By the way. His, oh, man, that's too much. That's oh, one more burn. Well, now we no, can't use that we one. can't use that. You know, I got a lot of heat for his last shout out because Black Tie had shout out to a personal trainer at LA Fitness. And I work out at a fitness boutique down the street. And all the guys who work out there, or all the trainers there are listeners. And they're like, why didn't you jump in and give a shout out for a tighter you? Which is the name of the... I'm like, yeah, that's true. I should have. You were out at a place called A Tighter You? A Tighter You. Don't worry about the name. <laughs> well, I have to worry about it for anybody who walks through the door. Do you, do, is the payment your dignity? This is a tighter me. So I feel it's, it's completely <laughs> Whether it's acceptable. worked or not is, is another conversation. Right. But walking into a place of business... Well, then right there... You intentionally hit. called A Tighter You. It shows... Shows it, what? Commitment. That you're serious. You know who works out there? <laughs> it shows you'll give up a great deal to to get that well, tighter Well, when you. I'm sitting there, you know, when I'm doing raps with Jerry Burns, then it's pretty, you know, I, I feel the name is... Jerry Burns, the old Minnesota Vikings head coach? No, 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 no. The guy, the actor. Who's Jerry Burns? He's on Justified. I don't know. He's that. a character actor. He's... He's on tons of things. All right, I don't know him by his name. He's a character actor. By definition, that's how you play. That's what character actors are. Nobody knows what their real names are. Right. Oh yeah, the guy who was in uh, it was in Young Blood, and uh, you know he played the dad in Young Blood. Rob and then Lowe? He's, Wasn't no. the dad in Young Blood the same dad from Small Wonder? Boy, if that were true, 
I just think shut it I down and be. do like Gerald McCoy, drop the microphones off our heads and walk out of here. Because he week. played he played a dad in another one of those '80s movies. I feel like it might be um, Teen Wolf. All right, listen, Gold Tie. Give us one more, and then that's it. Then we then then we walk. righty. this one might be a little tough to digest, but uh, the U.S. women this morning. Uh, endured a heartbreaking It's Thursday. Lot. We don't know oh, yet sorry. how the U.S. men and uh, the Canadian men Correct. fared out on the ice. Correct. But we do, however, know how uh, how the women did. Unfortunately, gave up a two-goal lead in the third period. Lost in overtime. Absolute heartbreak. They, they almost had an empty net goal to put it away. Hit the post. Just missed by an inch. Mm-hmm. How, how are you feeling about this? I heard a little rumor that you're not too broken up about it. Well, no, I'm. I, what I'm sure that that uh, what whoever said that to you is talking about is the fact that four years ago I got a fair amount of heat because I cheered when Sidney Crosby scored the overtime gold medal, gold medal winning goal against the U.S. of A. Of course, listen, I love the red, white, and blue, but I also love the black and gold. And if pressed, I love black and gold over red, white, and blue. And Sidney Crosby. In, you know, he, he he further entrenched himself as one of the game's all-time greats with that goal. And so I supported it, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I didn't at the time, and I won't do it again now. Would I, I think the USA, I'd rather see them win. But if Sidney Crosby can score the game winner once again in dramatic fashion, I'm not going to be sad about it. But now, in this case, sure, I, were, I was rooting for the USA. The thing that stood out to me although a lot of knowledgeable hockey people have since gotten back to me on this, on Twitter, I said something to the effect that when you see, because the women are small, they don't have the same speed and they're not as big as the NHLers of 2014 are, it almost reminds you of watching hockey 20, 30 years ago when there was more room to maneuver, so there was more excitement, there was, uh, you know, the the looks were better, everything wasn't packed in around the goal. I said, this should be instructive to Bettman, except that, you know, Bettman doesn't watch hockey in his free time. <laughs> um, that is, but then people all said to me, oh no, watch international hockey, the, the, the larger ice surface actually makes it even more defensive. They pack it in even further. All I know is the game of hockey, which I've loved so much and for so long throughout my life, feels very boring not as bad as it was just before the the lockout but it's so defensive all the goals there's no no one ever just buries one from the top of the circle anymore everything's so packed in because the defensemen have the wheels now rank you see their their speed and size is much greater than their predecessors therefore they get a stick on everything everything is deflected so it all comes down to who can pack it in and get in front of the goalie and blind them a little bit it's unsatisfying to me anyway how say you on the whole thing a little bit yeah i agree with that because you see guys like drew dowdy play and it's they're ridiculous i mean those guys used to be the exception and now right. it seems now they're like now that's now it seems like the rule uh disappointing like that whew, i it's hard to explain because i thought you were just gonna cry there i almost would, was that I, would be the best if you cry if you this, cried beats mccoy that would definitely beat McCoy right. if you wept because the U.S. women lost in overtime. Well, I could go. I could go to a place where I could drum up some tears. Oh, I'd love be, it. Please it do it. Do it for the show. It's not. It's we're not on camera. I don't care. It would. It'll be come very, through. It'll it satisfy be, me. It would be unsatisfying. Now I can. Now it's. Now I'm going to be laughing too hard. <laughs> I couldn't. I made a joke. You know what's funny is I made a joke, and I you know because this kind you know these type of things. Yeah, you know, you're watching it. You're tweeting it. 
And uh, and I made a joke about, oh, they shouldn't have let Lolo Jones on the ice to uh, play defense at the end. <laughs> and somebody got so offended, like, how dope, you're a big man, aren't you? Making fun of a woman. And I'm like, what? I, it's a, it really wasn't like that. It was like, because she ruined the Olympics. No, it's just, I don't know. I, I Of all the things <laughs> I've said over my life, like this is the one thing that somebody's going to dig their heels in. I don't know. Anyway. But it was disappointing, yeah. Too it, bad. It's over with now. It seemed, you know what? Though? I, I, I well, will you know say this, is, and this well, sounds vaguely misogynistic, but uh, I, I, I've never, I can't remember ever sitting and watching women's hockey until literally the third period of the women's final, and I was really surprised by by how good they were. They, they've got some, you know, collectively got there. There was some legit skill out there, more yeah. so than you know. People will hold up to me. This, again, misogynistic or not, I don't think it is, to say that women look different playing basketball than men do. You can, mm-hmm. t- you know, if you if they were silhouetted, you would still be able to identify that's a woman moving just by the, the, the throwing motion in softball. This, I feel like this was a little harder. You know, they're, I mean, right. they're not as fast, obviously, is the, is the difference. But, the, you know, they got some legit skills. No, it was good. It was enjoyable. I watched uh, a number of the women's hockey games uh, over the course of the Olympics, and I liked it. I thought it was very competitive and very good. The one thing, and we always talk about this a lot, is that a lot of times when we watch the professional athletes after these games, and we talked about it with some of the members of the Seahawks, about all the, all the, uh, you know, nobody seems that bummed. Like, there was a lot of, there was a, a number of Broncos who just didn't seem that upset uh, about getting killed in the Super Bowl. and thing. But the look, the, the body language and everything like that from the women's hockey team, it, 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 you could see how much it meant to them, how much, how disappointed they were, how morose they were, and you're like, they cared like that, and it just kind of sunk in. You're like, because they knew that they really blew an opportunity, and that's the kind of re- response I would like to see some from a professional athlete once in a while. I mean, Peyton the Manning, hockey guys definitely care. That that you know, those yeah. NHL guys, uh, they they don't just uh, shrug well, their even, shoulders. Well, and even go, then, like, but you could see, and I remember this after the Kings won the Stanley Cup, is a lot of the members of the the Devils are still like very like hey you know very that's a warm handshake they're not excited or anything but they're you know gentlemanly and everything and and Brodeur was like really like when he when him and Quick got together you know it was like a really like always that's uh, always nice like the a real two goalies at yeah. the end of a hard fought series always respect one another it seems but you did not get that from the, the U.S. US women cried just, onto the Canadian ladies they were they all look like Adam Morrison. Going through, losing <laughs> to UCLA on the court. All right. Well, that's that. Nice job there, Gold Tie. We didn't even uh, get the kibitz with you that much. Oh, but thank you. Appreciate continued good work with uh, with the Around the League boys on the, on their fine podcast as well. I want to have a um, – I want to someday – people are calling for it. I think at some point soon it's inevitable that there is going to be a rumble between the two shows. Can't wait. I fantasy booked that. I think Black Tie is going to whip you, but good, though. Uh, you're um, no match for him. That's the, the not, tail of the tape would be very funny to just look at. Just we to, we mapped out. I uh, I put it down WWE style. How if you had a professional booker like that, how they would have done it, and uh, it didn't turn out flattering. I'd for like you. to see our WWE well, equivalents. Well, what it, what it, what would happen is is that Damashek would beg to get in first, and he would go in, and then Ro- and he would be up against Rosenthal, and then yeah. you would tower over him. And you would be, you know, you I'd would whip him. No, hold on. This is what would happen. You would be making fun of him. Rosenthal, this is just the way we would book it for the drama. 
Rosenthal would punch you, mm-hmm. which would cause you to flip out. So you would run over, tag in Handsome Hank, and then he would be the guy who's kind of like the Roman Reigns of the current WWE who would just start going. Like, he would crush Rosenthal. Sessler would come in all crazy, and then Hank would crush him. Hansis would be like um, like uh, the, Funka, the Funkasaurus. He'd be like him, like the, the husky guy who looks like he should be tough, and then he would instantly just be, you know, Bam, wiped bam, out. Bigelow. Bam, bam, Bigelow for somebody of that era, yes. So, boom, we would get, get rid of him, and then it would Hank, and then Wrestling would be kind of the wild card of their squad. And so then Hank and I would have to do some work to finally get him out. And then when we finally, you know, beat him down and beat him up and we're ready, Damashek would hit Handsome Hank in the back, tag himself in, run in, dive, you know, and dive, get the final pin over the last guy, and then run around. Well, and then and then and then after all of this, Black Tie would show up out of nowhere and start celebrating. Like, where are you? And somehow this whole he, time? Would, yeah, somehow he would wind up with the. Belt. He would hold the trophy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, you know what? I don't mind that. And yeah. that and for that with that tale, I hope that you uh, pl- are playing the uh, Yub Nub song because uh, that's a happy sto- ending to a fine story Absolutely. there. So play the Yub Nub song. All's right in the world. I think McCoy and I. I, you know, I don't know, Rank. You know, we had a nice conversation for the most part. You but did. then things went south. A little bit. I wouldn't worry about it too much, but knowing you, you will stew about it all day. Well, no, I got to figure out how to get him back. He came into 66 and he dropped his mic on us, Rank. He really did. Well, you know. I've got to, wait, I've got to ask He's you a question. He's the one who's going to have to live with that. I've got to ask you a question. Yes. Was Michael Jordan better than Magic Johnson? <laughs> Dropping my mic too. All right, there goes Rank McCoy. He's going to find his new best friend Gerald McCoy. Thanks, Gold Tie. We'll be back with more. I hope uh, every. And by the way, make sure NFL.com, NFL Network all this weekend uh, talking combine. So check it, all that stuff out. We'll be back to kibitz about how everybody's trip was out to Indianapolis and see where we stand after the combine. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com.